What's up, runners? On this week's episode of the Up and Running podcast, I wanted to reflect on my most recent training cycle for New York City Marathon. What I did per usual, what I did differently, what I did well, and what could have gone better, including race day, and what I plan to do moving forward now that New York City is in my rear view. I hope you stay tuned and enjoy. What's up, runners? This is the Personalized Running Doc. I'm a runner rehab specialist, running coach, and competitive distance runner. And throughout the early years of my running career, I was plagued with repetitive injuries and told by many a professional that it was my body's own fault, that my body wasn't built for running. So either I could quit or just live with the pain. I decided to choose option three, dive into the science behind running and training, which is what allowed me to return to running pain-free and continue chasing after my own PRs to this day. And now I'm going to tell you all that I have learned along the way and how I coach my own athletes to do the same. This is the Up and Running Podcast. All right, runners. So let's dive right in to my most recent training cycle. Um, I'm going to preface this that I'm not going to go into specific workouts or mileage or anything like that, but I'm just going to give you kind of a broad overview of essentially what I did per usual, what I did differently, what went well, and what could have gone better. So in a marathon training block, you're going to have four phases in particular. And the first phase which this is what I did per usual. I had these four phases in my training. Um, This was something that I did not change and I did not alter at all. Um, The length of each phase can kind of change depending upon your fitness level and your goals, but um, that's all very interdependent. So what were these phases? Well, the first phase is your base building phase. And Truth be told, my base building phase started at the end of June and continued through almost most of August. Um, And during this time, for the initial like couple of weeks, I was primarily focusing on building up my mileage, my weekly mileage, as well as my weekly long run. Those were my two priorities um, in terms of building a really strong base. And then after I got a couple of weeks of really comfortable mileage underneath my belt and I was feeling like steady um, in at this part in my training cycle, I started to add in one workout per week where the intervals were actually primarily focusing on 5k and 10k effort. And that was just to work on a little bit of speed, also a little bit of endurance when kind of using longer or more repetitions in those intervals. Um, But this was also during the summertime. So I wasn't really focusing too much on pace. I was just focusing on effort, having a good time, enjoying training. Um, That kind of takes the pressure off of it. I wasn't putting like set expectations of these workouts at this time because Again, I I didn't want to overwhelm myself with not hitting certain goal markers when I'm just starting to enter the training cycle. So I think the 
main thing during this phase is to kind of build a really strong base of mileage and then have fun in your workouts. Enjoy the speed play, um, which can sound weird, but like it can be really fun and that that can be very enjoyable. The second phase is prioritizing speed. So it is the speed phase. And in that phase, you're going to be focusing more so on the workouts that you're bringing into your weekly training. And so on a once one to two times a week um, basis during this point of my training, and this was between end of August to um, end of September, I was focusing on, again, 5K and 10K speed in my workouts. And I was doing this while still continually building my long run and making my long run longer pretty much on a weekly basis. Um, Why are we focusing on 5K and 10K speed if I'm going to be running a marathon? Well, it's essentially to trick your brain into perceiving marathon effort when you do go into the next phase, which is race-specific training. It's, it's to make that feel easier. If I'm used to running higher intensity intervals for longer intervals, um, like a half, a half a mile interval or a three quarter of a mile interval, if I'm, if I'm thinking track terms, it would be 800 to 1,000 meters, maybe 12,000 meters, even up to a full mile. If I'm kind of doing that at my 5K or my 10K pace, that's going to feel much harder um, and much more intense than if I was doing it at my marathon goal pace. Um, And so by doing that, that helps your body get used to working at those intensities. And then when you do transition into the race specific and focus more on half marathon and marathon intervals later in your training, that all of a sudden feels so much easier because you have been training at a higher intensity earlier in your training cycle. And that's what I then transitioned into during my Uh, third phase of my training cycle, I went into race-specific work. Um, And during this period, I was focusing on a lot of half marathon and marathon effort. And why I was focusing on half marathon versus marathon effort on some days is because you do still want to work at a little bit of those harder efforts. And half marathon is going to be closer to where you're going to test your lactate threshold. Um, And that is super important in terms of teaching your body how to use lactate to actually help deliver more oxygen when you're in a fatigue state. I will go into that in a different episode, but not today. (laughs) Um, So during this phase, which was essentially from the end of September, beginning of October into uh, November, I was primarily utilizing half marathon and marathon pace in a majority of my workouts. And that those workouts were happening two to three times a week, depending upon how I was feeling that specific week um, and what other things I had going on. And I typically always had a workout within my long run as well, because those are the ways that I would kind of simulate being really fatigued later in the race and having to work at a harder effort. And so 
the last and the fourth phase is your taper. Um, but you're still doing marathon, half, half marathon even, um, effort into your taper. Your taper, what you're primarily pulling back on is the weekly mileage and the length of your workouts and then the final week is when you really pull back on kind of like the intensity overall to really like finalize that um, recovery pattern but I was still doing workouts up until the week before New York City and so that's what I did per usual and that's what I've done in the past that's the length of each phase may have been slightly different this time around than in the years prior. Um, but this is how I kind of structure my training blocks so that I am prioritizing different things at different points in the cycle where it makes sense. Um, I'm going to return to race-specific training for just a moment because I forgot to mention that also during this time, I was really prioritizing all of my workouts on hilly routes. And that was super important because I was about to run a hilly marathon. You don't want to be doing a bunch of track workouts when you're going to be running a hilly course because then your legs aren't going to be prepared. Um, And that was definitely something that I incorporated more of this time around. So that brings me kind of what I did differently this training cycle than before. Um, When I first started my training cycle in the summer, I was doing a lot of my workouts actually on the track and with a group because that was the easiest way for me and the most consistent way I could show up for myself. Um, Jumping into workouts by myself that I knew that I was going to be working at a really hard and high intensity in the middle of summer when it's hot and it's humid and it feels terrible to run hard um, just doesn't sound fun when I have to do it alone. So I set myself up to make sure that I was going to be able to do those things with a group and having the accountability of saying, texting one of my training partners, hey, I'll be there tonight, um, made sure that I showed up and I, I did the work and I worked with them during the workouts. Um The other thing that I did differently this training cycle was I built my mileage up relatively quickly um, once I was in August, and that was simply because I was actually working at two separate running camps at the time. Um, And so while I was at camp, it was literally my job to run, um, which was an amazing experience and I'm so excited to do it again next year. But because of that, my mileage actually took a pretty big uptick from where it was before at the end of July. Now, I definitely promote only increasing your mileage, that 20% rule on a weekly basis and your, I believe also your, um, long run should only increase about 10 to 15 percent. But why I was able to not necessarily follow that plan, it's because I have the experience, guys. I have the experience, I have the training history, and I also just know my body really well. And when you get to that point, you can kind of see what you can tolerate. Now, that being said, the weeks in between the camps, when I wasn't having to run that intense and that much mileage at a time, I had down weeks. So I actually 
first week of July, my mileage went up. Second week went down. Third week went up. Fourth week went down. So I actually was going up and down, up and down. And you can see this on my Strava um, because I was intentionally kind of counteracting the fact that I took a big jump in my mileage on those weeks. But during the remainder of my training cycle, I actually kind of floated around where I had built my mileage up to. I didn't really peak too much higher. Um, My peak ended up being at 50 miles. And over the summer um, when I was at the camps, I was in the high 40s. So I didn't really change my mileage too, too much from that point going forward. I would just slightly down tick um, to right above 40 on or into the 30s on my down weeks. And then I would slowly build myself back up over a couple of weeks. Um, and I did that repetitively. And I think actually having the consistency in my mileage, that was something that made me feel really aerobically fit going into the marathon. Um as I just mentioned right before jumping into what I did differently, I moved all of my workouts later in my training cycle to hilly routes. And I did this also with my long runs as well because I wanted to be prepared for how my legs were going to feel running a really hilly course um, like New York. And that is something that I have to say I feel has also benefited me so much is incorporating more hills and actually putting my workouts on hills. It doesn't make hills feel as terrible anymore. Um, That doesn't mean that when I go back to one of the running camps up in Vermont, my legs are going to feel fresh as daisies climbing those monsters in the Green Mountains, but they're probably, hopefully, I pray, going to feel better than they did this past year when I was first exposed to them. So that was something that definitely made me feel a lot stronger throughout my training cycle. And I think that's one of the reasons I got away with something that I'm going to reveal with a little later on. Um, Little tease there. But the last thing that I did differently um, was I kind of shifted how I was prioritizing my food um, and what I was kind of like eating towards the end of my training cycle. So for the most part, I eat a vegetarian diet. Um, If there's a vegan option, I usually choose it, but I primarily eat vegetarian. I do have meat every once in a while, but in the last month of my training, I was just kind of noticing my hunger was increasing with my mileage peaking and then me going into taper and like my body trying to recover. And I started to actually eat um, certain meats. Um, I prioritized eating turkey because that was something that I felt was really easy to digest. But I shifted my my food sources um, to make it easier for my body to get iron and to get protein because I that was just what I could tell my body was craving. It really wanted more protein. It wanted prior, prior probably iron high foods. I, uh, I don't know if that's the best way to say it. Iron rich, that's, that's the right way. Um, it was looking for iron rich foods and 
Yes, you can get that in vegetables, but it's a lot harder, especially when you have a really busy schedule. And I I had a really busy schedule, so I was looking for really easy ways for me to be able to prioritize my fueling. And that's how I did it. So I am not a strict vegetarian. I'm obviously not a strict vegan either. I kind of practice more of a flexible um, lifestyle because that's something that I have realized that works best for me. But at the same time, I understand kind of choosing when to do that. Um, And it's the right choice for some people and it's not the right choice for others. So do what works for you. That's that's the big takeaway when it comes to diet, um, diet changes and things like that. But I will say in the last week leading up to the race, I moved back to more of my vegetarian ways um, simply because that was just easier for me to digest and make sure that I had consistency in going to the bathroom and not being bloated and just feeling ready on race day. Um, With eating new foods, you just don't know how your body's going to react. And so that was something that like I went more conservative the week of the race and went back to eating the foods that I knew that my body could easily digest and absorb and process and use as fuel without having any GI distress. What went well in this training cycle? Well, I think a lot went well, Um, but if I kind of narrow it down to a couple of things, um, I mean, having the group at the beginning of my training cycle really made a difference in me being able to kind of stay consistent in my workouts, which was great, Um, and that shift from working out in groups and then working out alone. I think I did that at the right time when I also felt really confident about it, and that made it easier for me to keep the consistency and kind of keep myself accountable moving forward, which can be sometimes hard to do. Um, But what really felt like it went absolutely perfect, even though during the period of time it felt kind of like shitty, was my structured taper. So I had a three-week taper, and that was that last phase of my training cycle. Um, And that taper, the first week felt really like nice to kind of have like a little bit of a break in my mileage, um, though the intensity was still there. The second week was a really rough week. I was starting to feel a lot of fatigue My workouts were still going really well, but just was very tired all around. And the last week, my energy just like started to return and really peaked right before the race. And I've never felt kind of so good, so ready and refreshed to run really fast. And I really think that I kind of nailed exactly what I needed to do for myself, um, and, I'm, and I felt like my legs were really ready to do that, and so I feel like that went really well for me. Um, I also think my nutrition and my fueling has never been better. Earlier this year, I worked with a nutrition coach, and she helped me kind of figure out where the holes were in my eating patterns. And in the past, I have really struggled with getting enough protein sources, again, because I primarily eat vegetarian. And so by learning how to better prioritize protein around my different um, 
different training runs and just in my daily life, that really helped me recover a lot faster and feel stronger going through this training cycle. I also worked really hard in my long runs to better perfect um, my ability to tolerate how much fuel I was taking in. And so I think that also helped me feel stronger later into my runs um, and recover faster after those runs versus feeling like super depleted because I wasn't taking in enough energy for how much energy I was putting out. Now, what could have gone better? Um, towards the end of this training cycle, um, my strength training definitely slipped. And it's not something that like I'm 100% proud of. But hey, guys, I am human too. And I have other priorities outside of training because this is not something I'm getting paid for. This is something that I do for for fun and for the enjoyment of competition and self-betterment. And so my strength training started to slip towards the last month because not only was my mileage peaking, um, my workouts were super hard, but I was so, so busy with work um, and working with my clients. And so I, there was something that had to give and it was the question of should I get in a strength circuit or should I sleep? And I prioritize sleep. Now, one of the reasons I think I got away with this was because I was actually doing so much of my running on hilly routes and running hills is in many ways strength work because of the fact that you are working really hard to control going downhill as well as to run hard and fast uphill. So I think that was something that really helped me stay strong. Now, when I say that I gave up, I, I slacked on my strength training, not gave up, but when I slacked on my strength training, I do not mean that I stopped doing exercises that were benefiting me altogether. I just wasn't doing my typical like 20 to 30 minute to 40 minute when it depends, it just depends on where I am in my training cycle, how long and how much time I really have to be able to devote to it. But I wasn't doing my typical stint of exercises in a regimented day. What I was doing instead was I was taking a couple of exercises and doing them before and after my runs in a very like short, sweet, fast circuit. So I was still doing certain exercises. I just wasn't doing as much heavy lifting as I probably should have and normally would have been doing if I had just better scheduled it and prioritized it. Um, And that's just a matter of fact. Like I, I can definitely do that going forward. I just need to better prioritize it and schedule it into my weekly Uh, training and weekly schedule so that I don't kind of lose that um, in my in my training (sighs) what could have gone better part two the actual race oh my god guys Um, first off and I feel like I've said this a thousand times but damn New York City Marathon you are a beast you are this magnificent mountain of a challenge that I will only look back on and be in awe that I actually completed you on the day that I ran you because 
you are just a challenge of your own. Um, And I do believe that I did my best in my training and preparing for the type of course that I was going to run to be prepared for that. But damn, that it is a hard marathon. Um, I understand why people say that it's just, it's a hard marathon to run in general, never mind to try and PR. But the actual race experience was obviously not what I wanted. The day was 70 degrees at the start, 71 degrees at the start with 70% humidity. Um, And I totally went into the race thinking, I'm just going to fucking go for it and pray to God that like I still have some summer uh acclimation to heat and that was a just lie that I was telling myself in true true fashion on race day and um so I went out way too hard and I should have adjusted my pace I should have gone out slower even slower than I already was going because I was planning on starting slower and I sort of did. Um, but I should have gone out probably even like 20 to 30 seconds slower than that. And I probably would have had a completely different race experience. I probably would have still been able to walk away with some like promise of a BQ or a slight PR. Um, but that did not happen. I went out way too hard. Um, the pacers also really messed me up. That was something that happened. The, they were kind of misaligned and that really kind of threw me for a loop, but they just, um, I lost my train of thought guys. Let me get it back. Uh, I went out too fast. The pacers kind of messed with me and I went out a little bit harder than I should. And by mile nine, I knew that I had to pull back. Otherwise, I was going to overheat and I could actively feel myself overheating. Um, I'm a very heavy sweater, so I could tell that I had lost a bunch of fluids at this point and there was just like kind of no making up for that. And so I started to walk. Um, I walked almost every single water stop and there was one at every single mile um and in between I was just like jogging and trying to have a good time with the crowds which was really not a hard thing to do um the crowds made it amazing it was honestly so euphoric to be in that state so goddamn tired and like frustrated and like in this mental rut but also being surrounded by so many people that were like screaming um at you and cheering you on it it was it was surreal and it was amazing um and overwhelming and that's one of the reasons why like I will still walk away from New York City forever until I do it again super proud of the fact that like I finished that day and I enjoyed it as much as I did because that was definitely like in races prior if I wasn't running the race that I was expecting to run I would have been so upset but I was not upset um that Sunday I was elated with the energy and the crowds and the music um it was just all so invigorating and Honestly, if it was any other race, I, I wouldn't have had that experience, but New York really, really showed the love that day, and it, it made it all the better, um, and I had some really great 
uh, supporters in the crowd with me that day. And honestly, I also owe it to them because they were the thing that was like getting me through the last chunk of the race because I was just kind of like, all right, just get to mile 19 and you can see your family and your friends and then get to mile 23 and you can see them again. And then all you have is a 5k, Lauren, you can finish a 5k. There's no question you can do that. And that, that was kind of how like I mentally got through those big chunks of the race in in front of me. Um, so now what am I doing going forward, guys? Well, uh, I mean, I was obviously sore and very tired after New York. Um, That Sunday evening, like, was the normal post-marathon hobble and, like, muscle soreness and not really loving stairs. Um, That continued into Monday. But something that I prioritized after the race was, again, making sure I had, like, some really solid protein intake and carbs and all of the good stuff um, to help my body refuel. And then I walked a ton. I mean, just to get out of Central Park after finishing, it took me literally an hour to get out of the, not just get out of the park, but then to walk around a bunch of the blocks because they had things barricaded to then find my family. And then we had to get on the subway and then we had to walk from there to our Airbnb. And so... I did a ton of walking that day, and then I did a ton of walking the following day, um, even with us driving home, and I think both of those things really, really made a difference in my body just feeling so much better by Tuesday. Now, don't get me wrong. I was still exhausted, and I was still eating so much food. I was so hungry. Um, it It was unreal, but I was letting myself eat what I wanted to eat, and I was having a beer because, hey, I had just run a race and I was proud of myself, Um, and I was just doing very gentle movement and a lot of gentle breathing. So by the time it was towards the end of the week, I was feeling like really good, and I felt a majority recovered. Now, I can't say like exact science numbers, how much I was recovered because I didn't take a blood test, but I definitely felt like I was kind of like back at my baseline. And so I had already had it in the back of my brain, like, well, I didn't race New York City Marathon. I ran or I raced nine miles of it really hard. Um, And then I jogged, walked for the remaining 17.2. So with that being said, I was like, hmm, should I sign up for another race? And now I did not do this purposely initially after getting home from the race that day because I wanted to let my emotions settle. I wanted to let my kind of body rest and relax versus being like just on to the next thing as well as well as enjoy what I achieved at New York. Um, I wanted to experience all of those things and experience all those emotions. And I think you need time to kind of take that. And so I, I took that. And at the end of the week, I started to start to seriously contemplate whether or not running another race would be the thing for me. And people had already suggested it to me that I had talked to. And it was something that was just becoming more and more a thought and a desire in my mind. And this was not to 
my decision to ultimately now sign up for Houston Marathon in January of 2023, so about two months from now, was not specifically to get a PR. I want to kind of clarify that and make that very clear here. I'm not specifically looking to get a PR out of this upcoming marathon. I know it might be hard, especially because I have just done the longest and hardest run in my training that I've done in a very long time. But that being said, I want to run a marathon. Nay, sorry. Also, I don't know why I said nay, but nay. Um, I want to race a fucking marathon. I want to really run my heart out at the effort and intensity that I knew I had the capacity to do for New York, but I just didn't have the day for it. Um, And here's the thing, if I end up going to Houston um, in January and it ends up being another terribly hot day and terribly humid day, I'm just going to be smarter this time and I'm going to readjust my goals and readjust what I think I can actually accomplish um, based upon the heat and the humidity. And I think I understand where my body is at with that now. Um, So there's always just like a learning process with this. And if nothing else, again, it's a learning opportunity um, to learn more about different training and what I actually have the capacity for. Uh, This will be, or New York City was my fifth marathon, so Houston will be my sixth. So this is not my first rodeo. This is not me just kind of doing this on a whim. I took took a full week to kind of think about it, debate it. I talked with my family. I talked with my friends. I talked with a coach. um, And I really kind of put in a lot of thought into this. And I then kind of also assessed how I was actually feeling when I went for a run. And I went for a really strong run with a friend um, on Sunday this past weekend. And it went amazingly well. I turned on my watch. We talked for the entire time. And we just somehow managed to do a progression run. And you just know those runs that like just happen so naturally and so like effortlessly and that that was something that happened and I know that if I had truly raced New York at the intensity and at the caliber that I really wanted to race it that would not have been possible so that was one of the biggest decision factors for me was hey you feel really good right now you took I took a four days completely off of running ran uh 20 minutes easy on Friday, took Saturday off and then ran um, Sunday for an hour. And I felt like a million freaking bucks. And I know that if I had truly raced New York only a week prior, I would have still been very much destroyed. <laughs> and my my body would still have been recovering and still very kind of ragged. And I know that because, again, that was my fifth marathon. And if I had truly raced it, that's what I would have been feeling. But it was not how I felt. And that kind of was a determining factor to be like, all right, we're going to set our sights on Houston. Why did I choose Houston? Well, because it was far enough away where I could still take some recovery time from New York because it was a very hard, long run for me. Um, But it will still allow me to 
um, have some time to also work back up into some marathon specific runs in the middle of December and do some like quality long runs during that time as well. And then taper again um, towards the, the holidays leading into the beginning of January. So it was just kind of the right time, the right place. And Houston is also very flat in comparison to New York. So I think in the opposition of running a really hard long run um, through the streets of New York and running New York City Marathon, which is just a very challenging course, I wanted to kind of give myself and set myself up for the best outcomes possible, even if it ends up being, again, another hot day. At least I won't be working overtime because I am not going to have as many hills to kind of fight or any hills at all, really. So that is kind of my recap uh, and reflection on my most recent training cycle and where I'm going now from here. It's an exciting road. I don't know much about the next coming weeks. Um, That is one of the reasons that I reached out to a friend and he is going to be helping me, um, my friend Tucker, he is going to be helping me with training over the course of the next coming weeks because I want to make sure that I do it right. And it's not that I don't know what to do. It's just that I want the reassurance from a coach and the um, accountability from him to be able to do this to the best of my abilities so that I really kind of make sure that I run Houston at my best. Um, And I think that that's exactly what's going to happen. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you got some takeaways on how you would build a training cycle, what you're kind of looking for in the first four phases, um, what you can kind of experiment around with depending upon what type of race you're going to be running, and also what qualifications you kind of need to be looking at if you're considering back-to-back races. I can definitely go into more of those topics each individually, Um, but that was kind of my recap of my most recent training, and like I said, I hope you enjoyed. One thing I'm going to ask you all who are listening, if you could give this podcast a review that would make my dreams come true. Um, That is reviewing this podcast and kind of letting people know why you enjoy it and what you've gotten out of it in the first coming um, episodes is really going to help it kind of spread and let more people know about it. Um, If you don't have time to write a review, share it with a friend that you think would find this helpful. But I hope you guys enjoyed and just remember to keep on running. But that is all for today's episode of the Up and Running podcast. I hope you enjoyed and had some key takeaways from today's episode. If there are other questions or topics that you are looking for me to dive into, please reach out to me via Instagram and shoot me a DM at the personalized running doc today. I'll talk to you soon.